What do we have in the back of the fridge? All right. Oh, little Thanksgiving leftovers. All right. Okay. What is in here? Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. What the, oh my, what the, what is that? Whoa. Oh my God. It's the Halloween special. We recorded this over a month ago. This is not fresh. This is not fresh at all. Oh my God, man. Oh, how did this get shoved back in here without getting published? Oh my God. I can't, I can't serve this to people. Can I? The highway at night. A vehicle careens through a mountain pass. Most of the stars and the moon are obscured. Inside the vehicle, three friends listening to their favorite podcast. I cannot believe that I found two podcasters hitchhiking on the same road. It's wild, right? None of us are murderers. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hey, let's just skip over this intro real fast and get to the good stuff. No, 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 let's go, go back, go back. The intro's the best part. Just give it a shot. There's something lying in the road. Is it another box of classified documents? <laughs> I forgot what the break was. Oh my god, we killed John Hamm's dick! (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that distracted driving is one of the number one causes of automobile accidents? Your favorite podcast may have a spooky, hilarious Halloween special, but is it worth your life? Podcasts are distractions on the road. Driving with distractions is like driving blindfolded with a loaded gun in your butt. So remember this Halloween. If you're thinking about John Hamm's spooky huge dong, you're not thinking about the rules of the road. So be sure to silence the distractions and remember that no Halloween podcast is worth risking your safety on the road. (laughs) Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online your questions and say bad words. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I just. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that escalated quickly. It did. <laughs> no, the, the, I'm supposed to say uh, I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of Twizzlers and Red Vines haunting the internet. All right, you guys go ahead. I just knocked my mic. CJ, you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm CJ. Uh, I am no longer heartbroken about the Braves. I am ready to get my heart broken by the Atlanta Falcons because I am a not well-adjusted adult that lets sports affect my mood. You know how I can tell you're not actually a well-adjusted adult? You're dressed completely in Falcons gear, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. completely breezed right past my cum joke to talk about the Braves. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, this is kind of a workplace, and I feel like it should have been addressed. <laughs> <laughs> but we but but it wouldn't be a Halloween special without one very special host. Here's Cap. It's me. I was hoping that it was, was loud. I, I was I was hoping it'd be Matt, but we got that was Cap. Good. It's Cap. Cap. <laughs> Hi, I'm not Matt. <laughs> yeah. Matt Matt wasn't a <laughs> 
what's what's great is that I think that you could try out your map persona just by getting like a latex mold of his face. Another and one making a mask. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the transformation is nearly complete. One of my favorite parts about doing the Halloween specials has has been Cap's contribution. His first uh, oh. his first episode with us was, of course, the original Don't Spook Yourself. And we are now on Don't Spook Yourself number three. So Halloween's coming up. Actually, this this episode should release exactly on Halloween. Ooh. How have you guys how how do you guys plan to spend your Halloween or how have, I guess how will you have spent your Halloween season? Imagine Ooh. imagine it's like imagine if you will a world in which it's currently Hold Halloween. Hold on, slow down. And we did not record this two weeks ago. <laughs> what have you done for Halloween? Uh, well, as any good suburban dad, uh, we had <laughs> Halloween decorations. Ooh. I have put out a couple blow-ups. Uh, one is a Mickey, a wizard Mickey. <laughs> okay, so these are Disney blow-ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family Because yeah. when you say blow-up, I immediately... Oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, you, that's your thing. You, you come on air. Uh, I'm talking about uh, little Blo- children's decorations. It worked in Ghostbusters. <laughs> blow-up dolls do look pretty scared, though. They do. Eyes they do. wide, mouth open, locked in an eternal scream. <laughs> Lots of things gaping, yes. But yeah, so that and, you know, just getting candy, getting ready for the trick-or-treaters. Um, All right. Deciding, you know, what the dad tax is this year, if it's gone up. Oh. Uh, are we are we tracking with inflation? Because, you know, that's <laughs> <Thanks, thanks> Biden. <laughs> I, technically, I think dad tax gets smaller as inflation goes up because candy mm-hmm. becomes more expensive. So people are a little bit stingier. So your kids are going to be coming home with less candy. Do you think you should be getting a bigger portion, CJ? Yes. Fair absolutely. game. <laughs> you know why? Because you're the dad. Got to teach him how the world works. <laughs> uh, in this circumstance, you are the man. Mm hmm. And you're taking what they and you're taking what they got. What they rightfully worked for is now mine. Have you ever considered? I'm just going to throw this out there. Have you ever considered donning a mask yourself and going out trick or treating? No, no, no. I don't want to end up on the neighborhood page as the uh, there's an older gentleman that it'd be like there's an older gentleman in a mask going around trick or treating. Just be aware. I don't want to. Do you think people would say no? Do you think they wouldn't give you candy? They may shoot me. That is also an option. Well, well <laughs> you are a black man living in the South. Yes, it is correct. always. Uh-huh. It is that's a, not just a Halloween issue, unfortunately. Well, no. not unfortunately, <laughs> not just a Halloween issue. <laughs> <laughs> that came out way too wrong. Ian, uh, we're gonna make the fart noise. <laughs> we're gonna take that out. Write that back. And then one of the co-hosts called for the death of the yeah. other co-host on the basis of race. It just it very wish awkward. we could do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> What's this question about candy? Yes. Okay. Ian, <laughs> Ian cut all of that. <laughs> but that brings okay. us to our first question. This comes from r slash parenting, a subreddit devoted to, you guessed it, Questions about trick-or-treating. They want to know how old is too old for trick-or-treating. And this is, oh, sorry, this is posted by user Siam. And they want to know how old is too old for trick-or-treating. Um, gut reaction. S- gut reaction. Give me a hard, give me a hard age limit. 16. 16? I was going to say 16 as well. That seems I, about fair. I think we should tie it to the age of consent. If you're old, <laughs> no, serious, okay. seriously, like most, it, well, obviously, in the South, you'd be able to—you wouldn't be able to trick or treat as long as anywhere else. But <laughs> up up here, that would be sixteen. I think if you're if you're old enough to if you're old enough to drive and you're old enough to make babies of your own to go trick or treating, if you're legally allowed to make babies, you should not be allowed to go trick or treating. Maybe the learner's permit is the no more trick or treating card. So maybe it's fifteen. There you go. You we could t- we could tie it to driving. If you're old enough to drunkenly run over a trick or treater, exactly. you're too old to trick or treat. I like that. I like <laughs> you that. You could either be the trick or treater that gets run over or the driver of the car. My favorite my That's favorite it. part of this episode was when was when Cap advocated for racism and CJ yep. CJ thought it was a great idea to run over trick or treaters. <laughs> really crushing it. Just like those trick or treaters. <laughs> um <laughs> 
were wearing a Ninja Turtles costume. They're fine. It has a hard shell. Yeah, there's protection there. It's your own fault for not dressing your kid like a goddamn robot. <laughs> Get out of the room. You dress your kid as a ghost. Good luck. Fucking dress for the job you want. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So 15, 16, too old to trick or treat. 15, uh, yeah, right in that 14 to 16 range. And I, I, I think if you if you can grow facial hair, you're also out unless it's worked into your costume. That doesn't mean you can't go out on Halloween, though. There's other things to do besides trick or treating. Things like, like TP and houses. Mischief. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem. Maybe we should let kids trick or treat until they're 20 years old. Because if you because if you make it socially unacceptable for them to treat, they're going to trick. You do treats and up until 15. And then from 15 to 18, you trick. Until, so by the time you're 18, you can actually go to jail and you got to stop. Because then you go to big people prison. Exactly. Confirmed. Speaking about the ethical treatment of children, Jason, aka at Longwall26 on the shambling corpse of what once was Twitter, says, It's not the most ethical move in the world, but in a pinch, you can hand off a cursed object to basically any baby. Does this ring true? And and I, I ask you guys this because one of you has children and one of you as cats and i'll never say which which are not the same cats suck what are the i mean i feel like a kid like what are the what are the uh i guess the fine print of a cursed object i mean if you're a kid if you're a baby you don't and like you just kind of grow up in like a cursed life you don't know any different that's true instead of like an adult that's that's been living their life normal and then they're like shit now i'm cursed and now they have to feel like I remember back when I wasn't cursed. That was so much wow. better. Uh, but a baby's just like, I mean, kind of like we were all born into like global warming. We don't know what it was like before it. Fortunately, Republicans are rewriting our textbooks. That's not going to be a problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. What I really like about your response here, CJ, is that this guy leads uh, uh, leads in with, it's not the most ethical move in the world, but in a pinch, you can hand off a cursed object to basically any baby. You're not saying whether or not this is work. You're actually arguing that it is, in fact, ethical to do that because the baby's not going to know any better. It's just like if you could point at a baby and say that baby's going to be born poor. Nah, it's not, not if it's ethical. It's like less, a little bit less not ethical. Okay, so would you Still say, kind of fucked. do you think it's unethical? Do you think it's more or less ethical to curse a baby or an unwitting adult? Mm, which adult? Um, Which baby? Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's put this on a scale from, let's say, Taylor Swift to Lauren Boebert. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm cursing women. Like, is that I wouldn't misogynist? curse a woman. They, they don't deserve it. Is that misogynist? No, women, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's Space. curse men. What sort of person do we want to put at the at the nice end? Who's who's somebody that you 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 think it would be wrong to curse? Like Jimmy Carter. Don't curse that guy. He's oh. a good dude. He does seem like a good dude, but then again, he does not. But he was a president, mind. and I don't think there's such a thing as a good true, president. True, true. Like a good person who is a president. He is Fair. a he is a single term he is a single term president who never committed an act of war. Oh true. All he right, didn't. we'll use Jimmy Carter. I'm in Georgia. Let's do All it. Right. And the thing is, though, he doesn't have long left for this world. He is like a hundred years old at He's this very point. cursable. He's ripe for cursing. But like you can also like like who's like what's the opposite spectrum like a Strom Thurmond esque politician who's like really old as well but also did like terrible things. Oh, how about Donald Trump? Yeah, he can <laughs> be cursed. He can be cursed. I'm pretty sure he. <laughs> I think he is already. He might already be cursed. And he got arrested right down the road from me. I don't. And oh. that was a joy. Do you think he went to Magic City after going to jail? Who doesn't? <laughs> it's Fulton County Prison. <laughs> it depends on the person and or the baby. What? What? Like, if it's a really shitty baby, what if it's? What if the? Okay, I, I hate to bring up like <laughs> sins of the father type thing, <laughs> but would it be okay to curse the babies of your enemies? Yes. I think that was a that was a that was a powerful yes coming from the dad. 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't, mean to, I, didn't, I didn't mean to reveal who, who was the dad and who was the cat dad, but all's fair in love and war. <laughs> CJ, do you have a cat? I do not. I have a dog. Yeah, you like a cat. But like it loves you. Legs in a tail. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and the capacity for love. <laughs> mm, so true. Yeah, so I, I'm going to I'm going to say that I am actually against cursing babies, and I don't know that that would actually work because it, it'd be like trying to gift a like it'd be like trying to gift it to a dog or another non sentient creature. Like I love, I, I love my children, but children really aren't sentient until they're like four. And even then they're not reasonable or competent to sign a contract or make an agreement. So I don't know that you'd be able to accept a gift as a baby. Could you curse a four year old? <laughs> I mean, I've cursed at many four year olds. Hey, CJ, how old are your kids? Two and four. So yes, uh, so I have you- cursed at a four year old before. Uh, yeah, no, and if it, like, I think we as parents, probably, like, at some point, you're like, Ugh, I could really curse this one, but you can't, <laughs> because you love them at the end I've of the I've definitely day. met other people's kids, like, and I, not even from a position of animosity, but I've met other people's kids where I'm just like, fuck that fucking kid. I would curse the but shit out of them. To sum it up, not only could you curse a baby, you should curse a baby, because look how good they've got it. Look how hard we work. They get to sleep and eat pureed pears. They've got a good life. And they wouldn't even necessarily (laughs) realize they were cursed. So how about this? Why don't we why don't we make it ethical? So if if you are able, spiritually speaking, to curse a baby, I think you have an obligation to inform that baby upon achieving post trick or treating age Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the circumstances of their curse so that they can have the opportunity to pass it on to a baby. Exactly. She'd be like, pass it on to a baby. I did it. it worked out great for me. They'd be like, my parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a part of the curse. <laughs> I did that for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so the curse wouldn't suck so bad. And look at you. Now you're Batman. <laughs> You've got everything. Speaking of bats. <laughs> Speaking of bats and eternal curses, I brought a question from our vampires. Who who brought this? This is user. This is a toughie. Max Musterfrau. Max Musterfrau. Underscore two. Very important. There was another one before him. And it's a very German name, so I assume that's not a two. That's a Svein. That's mm. Max Musterfrau Svein. That sounds cooler when you say it. Realistically, what? Would you actually do if you met a vampire in the dark alleyway at night? How would you actually defend yourself? I would probably try to stab him with a pencil if he gets close, but definitely run away first. Thinking about this, I'd probably just end up dying. What if you reached for your pencil and realized you don't have your diary with you? Yeah, first of all. Like the, yeah, who's that's rolling with thought? a pencil every day? <laughs> who's rolling with a pencil? I have a cell phone. And like maybe this is written by a kid and they have like a box of pencils in their backpack because they're in sixth grade. Mm. Not old enough to be on Reddit one still still trick or treating age, though. All right. So I want you two to picture yourselves. Dark alley, nighttime, neon signs illuminating the puddles. There's a vampire. What do you do? It's really hard for me to to envision myself in this situation because I genuinely live my life to never be in that situation. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I usually do carry a knife with me, a pocket knife, just out of utility. You're halfway so, to a cross. I guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd probably try and stab it to no avail, and I'd probably end up dying. Um, mm-hmm. but I, don't, I don't know, like, what, I mean, I do, it depends also, like, what I ate that day. I do eat, like, things that are heavily garlic so maybe that mm. would be working in my favor. That's like he takes a taste of me and he's like, ah, eh, a little too much <laughs> on this guy and lets me be. So, it, it, so you're, you're, you're counting on a once bitten, twice shy situation. Yes. All right. My question uh, is, Max, what makes you so special? Why do you think this vampire wants your blood? Is it really that good? You think your blood is good enough for this vampire? Max? Maybe. Are there vampire blood connoisseurs? I, I don't know this vampire. If this dude's walking around with a pencil, I kind of don't think he's of the like upper echelon of good blood. I don't know what makes a good blood person. 
buddy. You're saying he's a nerd. Uh, not even a nerd. Like, he's could, walking around with a pencil. Could be an artist. You can't even sign anything with a pencil. That's not... <laughs> it's not legally it's binding not legally at all. Binding. <laughs> Ryan, what there, are you doing in this dark alley? Oh, what, am, what, am I, what am I doing in this dark alley? <laughs> when the vampire appears, I don't want to know what you were doing before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, put that away. I'm here to bite you. <laughs> I'll tell you where you can start. <laughs> no, but realistically, what would you? I honestly, I'd probably freeze up and die if you if you locked eyes. I'm normally I'm normally really good under pressure. However, being confronted by an actual literal vampire, I think I would be over. Like I think my skepticism would overrule my survival instincts, and I think if I felt like I was threatened, I would try to get away, and I would fight if necessary, but. Yeah, I, I I don't think the fact I don't think identifying it as a vampire unless he's like displaying something like if somebody like he's got a drops, cape. Yeah, if somebody like drops down with a cape and fangs, I'm not assuming this is a vampire. I'm, I'm assuming this is a dumbass. <laughs> what if he's got like one of the Buffy scrunched faces though? Then you know it's a. But vampire. if he has a Buffy scrunched face, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> like that, that's like every mom's worst nightmare. It's like you made that face and it stayed that way. <laughs> <laughs> now, I consider myself after. Three Halloween episodes of Don't Wreck Yourself, a Vampire Expert. So I've got a Halloween tip and trick about okay. how to get away from vampires. All right, I'm, I'm all ears. You're all ears. That's good. What you do is in your backpack where you have your pencil, you keep like a small container, maybe like a sock full of rice. Okay. Easy to explain to anyone you, who sees it. You've got rice for lunch. It's rice for my family. It's a sock full of rice for my family. Sock full of rice for my family. And as you all know, vampires have an insatiable lust to count things. I was only vaguely aware of that stereotype. Uh, I thought it was just something they told children to frighten them into doing math. Well, you think about that and then you unleash your rice grenade at this vampire and he spends the rest of his night counting each and every grain of that rice while you get away safe home to your family. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. It seems way easier than I thought it was to survive yeah. a vampire attack. As or a, if you just as, as a parent, I can like that that is one of the vampires I encounter most often is the counting type. Or maybe you can just stop being heathens and wear a cross around your neck. You're one to or, talk. Again, <laughs> or like I said, avoid these seedy dark alleys that would be welcoming to vampires. I just Listen, avoid them altogether. Sometimes you have needs that require a dark alley. I uh, know, but realistically, what I would do if I found a if I met a vampire in a dark alleyway is I would I would flee for my life, or I would begin the bargaining phase, which is, hey. If you're if my choices are kill me or make me like you, please make me like you. I was about to say that seems like the best option here. Eternal like, life. Cool. Capes. Mm, no, don't like eternal life. I would like to just kind of ride this one out for 70, 80 and, hmm. and bow out. <laughs> but at the same time, like eternal youth, but only but you would never get to see another sunrise. You never get to see another sunset. Great. I don't see any either. I'm an inside boy. That's a, <laughs> yeah, what's up with what's up with prehistoric vampires? Did they all just live in caves with the bats? I think it's like a chicken and the egg situation. Coffins had to come first and then vampires happened. So there was always oh, a coffin to sleep in, you know? It's evolution. You have to evolve. It's evolution. You have to evolve a coffin first. Yeah, what came first? The vampire or the coffin? Everybody knows <laughs> Everybody that adage. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly show. Uh, you know what I would do is I would immediately. So what I would do is if I if I got attacked in a if I got attacked in a dark alley by a vampire, I would just immediately call the vampire police and ask them to take care of it. Uh, three out of four Uber drivers is also a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> is that why they suck? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of vampire police, oh. Do you know about this place on the internet called Are No Stupid Questions? Um, I'm sure you've heard of it. I've asked many questions there and been reassured by so many people that they are, in fact, not stupid. So, yes, I am familiar with that 
Here is one of those delicious, not stupid questions. Okay. Could a vampire policeman enter my house if they had a warrant? This question has destroyed many of my friend groups. All the vampires left immediately. (laughs) I think that's the biggest part of this question. Yeah, like he's he's actually, this person has lost legitimate friends over this argument. This had to be the 300th question they asked, and they were just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Please stop asking me about vampire cops. Or is this something that has ruined his friend groups because he's the guy that has come up and tried to ask this question seriously to people, and they're like, what the fuck is this? He's like, no, this is important. I assume it's a he because it's this dumb. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, and every every friend group he's been in, he's like, I really need to know the answer to this. And they're like, you're ridiculous. And he gets very offended and leaves. I, well, that that's just it, though. He says it's destroyed many destroyed. of my friend groups. It's like if you keep joining friend groups and then ask this question, your friend group gets destroyed. Maybe it's not the question. <laughs> maybe uh, perhaps it may be you Mr. Snipper 64 with a name like that he sounds like a moil with a body count Snipper 64 (laughs) (laughs) I've been pitching this vampire cop show to CBS for years they will not call me back I am 100% sure they have made a vampire cop show before and it didn't work you know I know because it's not still on the air and we're not talking about it. In this town, crime sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, legal expert Ryan, is a warrant a legal reason to enter someone's house? Yes, and the person issuing that warrant, the judge, has the legal authority to grant entry to somebody's house. If that judge is also a vampire, though, they found a loophole that could destroy all of our friend groups. That's and that's why you have to have the Ten Commandments in front of every courthouse. A vampire cannot approach that holy symbol and pervert the law to his ends. Moses Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Come on, CBS. I know you love that shit. (laughs) You get the evangelicals, you get the goths, you'll get them all. You'll get the coveted 18 to 275 age demo. <laughs> Vampires I, eat that shit up. It'd be like dun dun <laughs> dun 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 dun. Law and Order Special Vampire Unit. <laughs> oh my god, it writes itself. Oh my god, we could write the show, but no, but the, it's destroyed many of their friends groups, and maybe people in that friends group are goth uh, vampires. Or living a vampire lifestyle. Maybe this person's just trying to find out if their vampire goth friend is plowing his wife. Is that vampire fucking my wife? Well, he couldn't get into my house unless I'd let him in. But what if he had a warrant to to what if he bang had a warrant? My wife. What if he had a warrant to bang my wife? <laughs> vampire judge. <laughs> Justice sucks. <laughs> Can't stop him. I would. I want to watch the show now. That's so good. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's as good a transition as any into our next topic. I actually found this posted on r slash weird. However, the original post comes from a relationship advice forum. And this is a 33-year-old woman asking about her boyfriend. She says he thinks he isn't obligated to tell me about his criminal record. Let's give this lady some relationship advice. Is a spouse obligated to tell the, uh, tell you about their criminal record prior to getting married? I think if it like has any sort of um, effect, like future effects, like felonies, yeah, that could like like affect your life moving forward, or like heinous crimes, like like if you're dating Casey Anthony, you might want to talk about kids first. Yeah. Exactly. Not, to, not, not, not like I don't want to joke. I don't want to joke about it because that lady probably murdered her baby. But realistically speaking, if you're dating somebody who has a history of killing children, whether or not you want children is probably pertinent to the conversation, even if they were found innocent. But yeah, like but like small time, like misdemeanors, like possession, my underage drinking, like nah, I think if you're asked. You shouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to tell you about that. Actually, it does yeah. depend on how long you've been dating, you know, but if it, it 
the other person wants to know. Like if, if it happened, like let's say somebody committed a crime at the age of 20 and then you're dating them at the age of 55 and, you know, they've moved on with their life, even if it was a like a serious felony or or even like something serious like murder or manslaughter, mm-hmm. like they ex- like like they killed somebody and they were convicted of that crime. Um, I don't necessarily think you would lead with it, but it's something that I think would come up organically over the course of the relationship and prior to the marriage. It's not worth it coming out later on accident and you having to explain why you haven't said anything about it in the last yeah 20 years you know well it turns out um so i'm gonna read you the rest of her explanation she says i recently found out that my husband was convicted before we met for of all things in the world necrophilia yes really Mm. i've been utterly disgusted and in shock so if somebody is convicted of necrophilia are they obligated to reveal that crime to their potential future lover? Especially if that lover may someday die, which is why I recommend immortality and eternal youth of vampirehood. (laughs) That's why I only date vampires because they will never die. This is a grounds for dismissal. Uh, (laughs) So necrophilia is just like a red flag for you. That's a, that's a red flag. No one's going there. It's my only red flag. I think it goes to what Cap was saying earlier. Like, this isn't something you'd want to, like, come up in conversation down the road. (laughs) You don't want to get ambushed by your own history of fucking dead bodies. So you may as well just put it out there. Picture this. It's the zombie apocalypse and you and your partner are seeking shelter, running away. And then you're faced with a horde of zombies and the zombies like, John, you don't want that. like in a night of the living dead situation they'd be like oh did you did you all date and just like no i've been dead since 1874 (laughs) but we dated that's that's a scenario you don't want to find yourself in so you should tell the truth you should tell the truth at all times and then should be built a relationship should be built on on honesty i'm actually going to uh disagree with you here i do not think you are obligated because that's going to be a red flag for pretty much everybody. And as long as you're not planning to pork any more corpses. Question mark. <laughs> like maybe it was like during an experimental college phase, like you were going to mortician school. Everyone else was having <laughs> no, there's no justification. Everyone else was experimenting in their own ways. And you mm-hmm. brush. OK, so I was like, <laughs> this is a, can we get to cut a feud with like a little porno beat behind it. Special Victims Unit. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going with that story? (laughs) All I know is that there's 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 vampire police trying to figure out who (laughs) who's getting kicked out of mortician school. The show's got legs. The show's got legs. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I guess my my next question is, is necrophilia a victimless crime? No, because nah. a dead a dead body is effectively an object unless that's you believe D&D that, rules. That doesn't count. You can store a dead body in your bag of holding. That's true. <laughs> and if you call it pocket pussy, that's a crime. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's a that's a very narrow, specific joke for people who are into necrophilia jokes and Dungeons and Dragons jokes. It's a very specific joke to put us on a list. <laughs> <laughs> Of people to invite to parties. <laughs> Gosh. It's, hey, I got invited to my first sex party. Wait, it's at the morgue. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> are there any circumstances where this specific crime is not a red flag? Nah. Like if somebody accidentally nah. had sex with a dead body. Nah. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> CJ and I are a brick wall here. I can pass it. <laughs> Hey, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> here's the here's the problem. I don't think that there's a circumstance where the crime is not a red flag because if you are having sex with somebody and you're not sh- and you do, you do not realize that they are dead, you should not be having sex with that person. True. Because if they aren't dead, Very then true. they cannot consent. So necrophilia is always a red flag in my book. That's it. I'm taking a stand right here and right now. I'm not listening to anything you guys else you guys have to say. Necrophilia is wrong. Ugh, so bold. Glad, that is a very bold statement. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we could come around to that that final conclusion. It's the wrong thing to do, but is it the wrong thing to have done? <laughs> 
but uh, and I, I think the other question is, you know, if somebody does commit this act and then they go through years of psychological therapy and they really work on themselves, don't they deserve love too? Sure, by somebody that likes that thing. There's somebody out there, but if there's a goth vampire out there current, who's into it, <laughs> if your current spouse is not that person, I don't. I don't see a world where you'd have where you should, uh, you know, withhold something like that from somebody you're spending your life with. So yeah, go on like a weird uh, Reddit place in Reddit and find your one true love that doesn't care about that because. It's a very small sample, but there's somebody out there. There's a goth person with a fetish who is waiting for you. Yes. I think perhaps they were in a dark alley and the vampire jumped down and their eyes met and they felt something special. And that's how he got this charge. They got caught. It yeah, was a what, vampire. What if it was a what if it was a case of mistaken identity? Like you were having sex with a vampire and then the police, then the vampire police showed up. Mm. And then they took the vampire's pulse and they're like, there's no pulse. You're guilty. Exactly. Of that's what I'm saying. It's a fucking setup. You know, the yeah, setup. I know the deep state's going to get me. It's a vampire sting. It's a vampire sting. <laughs> and that's how they trick him into confessing his real crime, which was bank robbery. And then they can get that warrant and go bang his wife. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know, like I, I dismissed that, like it wasn't my joke. Yeah, thanks. I was calling back to your joke. And you're like, yeah, good joke. Good joke, loser. What a dumb joke. <laughs> but let's say, hypothetically speaking, that a vampire that a vampire cop has been banging your wife, and you're wondering. Because you know how sometimes in relationships, people like when they start having problems, they just buy each other shit. But what do you what do you get that special someone uh, who is your romantic partner in life? Well, you can get them a, quote, human skin jacket that has been described by the New York Post as gory and sick. Um, Technically, I'm wearing one right now. We are all wearing human skin suits. That's true. So I found this on uh, the Reddit, the subreddit r slash weird. Same as the last topic. and. It just says human skin jackets available to purchase for $750. And then there's a picture of what appears to be a human skin jacket. Got reaction. It looks gross. Yeah, I'm going to still I'm going to go with my with the last topic and say this ain't OK. Not OK. Don't like it. <laughs> there's a lot of faces. I wasn't expecting so many faces. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, that's the spookiest part. Uh, well, I will say that this is pretty clearly. um not a real human skin jacket. But no, if you look at the background, there's a bunch of like movie props. There's like a it looks like a, a, a head of the creature a from the Black Lagoon. There's like a Bella Lugosi slash uh, Colonel Sanders style uh, vampire <laughs> in the background and a, and a skeleton hanging. So this is probably somebody who's involved in some sort of prop work. I Googled it and I didn't find it for $750. However, the New York Post reports this as weird but true. Human skin in quotation marks, jackets available to order online for $720, and they describe it as, quote, gory and sick. Um, this post, this was published in March of 2023, so this year, and I was able to use that article to track down the eBay website where this jacket is available. And it is, in fact, a replica human skin jacket. This is not actual human skin. So good news, guys. Not real skin. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I checked out the eBay page and I found there's a, a number of human skin related clothing items. Uh, you'll you'll note in the you'll see in the notes I've I put a uh, they have a human skin bikini, which is just a human this the simulated skin of a human face stretched over a boob. Mm-hmm. And then another human face stretched over another boob. And then a third human face stretched over the crotch. Uh, it is uh, grotesque. There is also a mummified infant werewolf. Uh, oh, so that's what I, that I, is. Love yes. that. So that confirms that werewolves are born live. Uh, they are werewolves in utero. And then a replica of the alleged mummified penis of Russian the love machine Rasputin. Uh, and that is set up as a display. It has a metal base. It measures 13 inches long. So nice. 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 Uh, <laughs> eat your heart out, John Ham. 
So the artist does reveal his material. So in the case of the Rasputin penis, it is a replica of the one uh, uh, of the actual penis, which is in a the alleged actual penis, which is in a museum. He has access to that stuff because and guess what? I tracked down his I tracked down his professional page also. Of course you did. This gentleman. <laughs> yeah, this gentleman is um, the the actual the, the artist here is a special effects artist from Gloucester, England, and he has a pretty rocking eBay store. This is but a small pittance of the available wares. But what's really interesting is he also does work for museums, creating replicas of sensitive artifacts like mummies so that they can be uh, so that they can send replicas on tour without risking the safety of the collection object. And we deal with this in archaeology a lot, but is that the same as the real thing? Are replicas the same as the real thing, even if they are behind uh, behind glass and indistinguishable? Is the authenticity of the museum exhibit important? You're asking us? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) If I can't tell the difference, I really don't care. Like, that's not going to... If it came out, it's like, oh, you saw that? tour that wasn't even a real that seems like something a well actually guy would tell you and you're like i don't care yeah it looked pretty cool <laughs> I, I mean cj i hate to break it to you but this is kind of a well actually guy podcast i know it is, <laughs> so, <laughs> CJ, I know it is. and it was on the third halloween special that cj expressed his disdain for the for the for the very fabric of the show <laughs> No, it's like it's like you'd go to like this show, you take your kids somewhere, you're like, oh, I saw this really cool exhibit. And they're like, eh, it's just a replica. I'd be like, okay. I, and I'd walk away. Um, so I don't think, because also like some of this stuff is so probably fragile and delicate that if you were to move it, like you probably risk losing a thousands of year old thing or well i will i will tell you that museums are often very sloppy with the way they handle their collections and i'm not Mm going to point any fingers at any institutions that i've worked at because honestly they were pretty good but there was a point where somebody had to admit that they'd lost a corpse so i'm just (laughs) like there's just corpses that that went missing over the course of the 60 or 70 years that it's been in the collection nobody knows where it's at and there's just a room full of dead bodies in the in the building well, I just think the general public wouldn't know the difference, so I really don't see a problem with it. Yeah, I think it's a a a, a product of our capitalistic society. It's like, yeah, I'll pay good money to go see whatever it is. It's like, do you know it's real? Don't care. No, I'm gonna go. <laughs> None of the movies we watch are real. Like most of them are filmed in front of a green screen. So, yeah. so it's okay for museum objects to be fake. Is it okay for the jacket to be real? Mm, don't nope. I wouldn't want that. Consult your local laws. I don't know how they do it in England. Yeah, I mean, if somebody donated their body to high fashion, maybe. But uh, well, it's, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that because that that actually parlays into two of the other examples. Because I, I did a little bit of I did a little bit of sleuthing on skin suits, and now I am one hundred thousand <laughs> fucking percent on a watch list. I yes. did that for you, dear listeners. I put myself on a watch list. The vampire police are going to be knocking on my door, begging permission to execute their warrant any day now. But one example in 2021, PETA created the urban outrage campaign to highlight animal cruelty associated with leather goods. So what they did is they created this fake website with images uh, that are actually very similar to this human skin jacket, except that these are all CGI. Each item was sourced from a specific person with a unique backstory. So here's the description of the Dwayne, uh, the Dwayne overnight bag. They say durability is key when it comes to an overnight bag and nothing says, should we just cut to an ad break here? Just cut mm-hmm. to ad. Boom. Durability is key when it comes to an overnight bag and nothing says durability like a Dwayne. Well, like he used to, he doesn't have much of a voice anymore since he was separated from his family, shipped around the globe and kicked in the head repeatedly until his face was unrecognizable. This bag is perfect for a trip to the beach because Dwayne loved the sand and lying in the sun. Barely any additional tanning work was necessary. First of all, I don't think the people at PETA, like maybe they're too pro-animal that they that they don't know what tanning is. Tanning is not the process of catching a tan <laughs> on the beach. It's the process of turning skin into leather. I mean, I feel like they know that, but I feel like they're misusing it on purpose yeah. because it's it's a joke. Sensational. But yeah, I mean, uh, these actually look a lot like Russell Batten's work, uh, which you can buy on eBay for actually, I think, a pretty reasonable price. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a handmade jacket done. Like, if you've ever, ever had a, like a suit tailored to you, 
Mm-hmm. You could easily you could easily spend seven hundred fifty dollars on a on a tailored suit. So to be able to get a Hollywood quality flesh jacket replica is actually a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> so there are these things called nabrock, which literally translates to corpse britches, and they're a pair of pants made from the skin of a dead human, which are believed in Iceland. And this is a direct quote from Wikipedia, so don't think like. This is not me reading my notes. This is me reading somebody else's notes from the skin of a human, which are believed in Icelandic witchcraft to be capable, capable of producing an endless supply of money. But here's the catch. The catch is the person from whom the pants are taken has to be willing. And I think that's what happens when you're like living in a medieval society and you're telling stories around the campfire and you make up this fucking bonkers ass story about how to get endless gold by wearing somebody else's skin on your lower body and then somebody actually goes out and do it does it and you're just like no 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 don't do it don't do it it was a prank <laughs> but no the uh the person has to be willing so the the skin pants have to be willingly donated by a friend you can't just run out kill somebody and like skin their lower half and then wear their wear them as britches i think that's important to keep people from murdering other people and turning their skin into pants but according to the ritual in order to create a pair of necropants, you have to make a pact with a friend, and then that friend has to die of natural causes so that the sorcerer has permission to skin them from the waist down. And then once that person is dead, they have to be buried and then dug up, skinned from the waist down, and everything has to be intact. No holes, no nothing. And then you have to wear those pants and stuff a piece of parchment, the uh, Starfer, which is a runic symbol into the scrotum. And then from that point forward, when you reach into the scrotum, it will produce a coin for the rest of time. Hmm. And the, uh, and it says that the pants become indistinguishable from the wearer's body. And I don't know how that works because I've never reached into my scrotum and pulled a coin out. And and it's kind of funny because you call it like, have you ever heard the scrotum described as a coin purse? Like you got kicked in the coin purse. That must (laughs) be where this comes from. That's probably where this comes from. Kind of. Um, so while no extant examples of these necro pants exist, uh, there is a replica available at the museum of Icelandic sorcery and witchcraft. Um, and honestly, I don't think that the replica looks as good as anything that Russell Batten has done, which means I think Iceland should get on the phone with this guy and gets and and get a nice designer pair of pants in there. Maybe PETA can give it a seal of approval. (laughs) I did find a couple examples of actual cases of people wearing human skin or, or producing goods with human skin. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that up until now, everything has been very hypothetical. So this is a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about actual cases where people, I don't, I don't know why I put trigger warnings on things because we just say some off the wall shit sometimes. Uh, but this, especially given the current situation in Israel and Gaza, some of this, uh, some of the topic will relate to activities in the Holocaust, and uh, you are welcome to fast forward about thirty seconds. We will not laugh at all during this part. We're just going to state the facts and move on for historical context. So Ed Gein, a famous uh, serial killer, collected trophies from his victims, and one of those trophies that he collected was a suit that he patched together with human skin. Uh, it served as the inspiration for Buffalo Bill's character in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, but it is an actual thing that happened. There's also a, uh, a Nazi figure involved in the Holocaust, uh, Ilsa Koch. She and her husband ran a ran one of the concentration camps. They were making wallets and other day to day like day to day use items uh, using human flesh. Uh, and I found that story in the Israel Times. It was certainly it was certainly interesting. They were reporting actually on the 2020 discovery of a photo album that was bound in human flesh. It was absolutely grotesque. And to make the story kind of more interesting, like these people were so awful that the Nazis actually uh, actually executed the husband for embezzlement, not for murdering millions of people, because that's what the Nazis were all about. But he took it too far when he took their money. Ilsa Koch was not arrested by the Nazis and she survived the war only to be later arrest by, arrested by the United States and put on trial. And she ultimately took her own life in prison in 1967. And while I am certainly not an advocate for that type of action, uh, good riddance. 
Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the historical context of wearing and fashioning things out of human skin. It is a terrifying concept. And I can't imagine outside of Halloween or a movie production set where it would be appropriate to wear even a fake human skin jacket, maybe a PETA meeting. (laughs) Any thoughts on human skin jackets before we move on, guys? No, I think you covered it all. (laughs) (laughs) Send me me that email link. (laughs) (laughs) So after talking at length about human skin suits... Um, you might need a 12 step program and no 12 step program is more complicated than a witch's 12 step program. And I believe CJ, you have some research on that that you'd like to share. Yeah. So this was submitted by listener Maurice. Uh, it's a picture of a really funky little staircase and it said, these are called witches stairs. Uh, allegedly, uh, witches can't climb up them. You will occasionally find them in old New England homes. Uh, and he just said, question for the podcast, can witches climb these stairs? Um, so what they are, it's kind of alternating stairs. So if you've never seen them, it's like uh, instead of a regular staircase, it's almost like two sets of half stairs. Yeah, and they kind of alternate. They're, they're almost parallel. So you have like a staircase for your left foot and a staircase for your right foot. Exactly. And so it's believed by some that the witches couldn't climb them. Uh, so everybody got them, especially, uh, you know, around the Salem witch trials. Um, so what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, can, do you think, you know, on the surface? Honestly, it, rem- is- it reminds me of like a, like a stair climber at the gym. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It's like a analog stair climber. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe witches are just out of shape because it's like doubling the number of stairs that they have to walk up to get up the stairs. Yeah. Alternatively, witches are just wicked pissed drunk. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the or maybe it was just the carpenter. <laughs> he, was, he was drunk. No, no, it's for witches. It's for witches. <laughs> no, I, so yeah, I think but also that witches did make that like weird, you know, they made stuff in their cauldron, so they probably did make a pretty heavy like pretty Heavy shine, moonshine esque. Uh, <laughs> they they, they invented the New England IPA. <laughs> so, so as as anything in life, of course, there is an expert on this subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reuters spoke via email with Robin Briggs, an emeritus fellow at All Souls College at Oxford, who has studied the history of religion, popular belief, and witchcraft in Europe. So, is All Souls College part of Oxford University? I'm assuming. I'm assuming not, because this is like the seminary at Princeton. It's a seminary school in Princeton, New Jersey, but it is not Princeton University. And but I know that sometimes in England they call like or sometimes in universities they'll call something the college of this. Yeah. Inside of a larger university system. In the cellar of Oxford. Possibly. This seems like something that they put in the basement. Like, yeah, and <laughs> Oxford's old enough where it'd be like, oh yeah, they totally have the fucking witch, the witch hunters department. They you get your you go down to the you go down to the university bookstore, you get your copy of the Malayus Maleficarum, and then you go to town learning how to hunt <laughs> witches. Um so Briggs confirmed that he had never come across any mention of stairs that could disable witches in the massive historical literature, nor the many manuscript sources he has read. And said, while it is true that people building houses do seem to have buried witch bottles under the threshold or incorporated dead cats in the fabric as protection against bewitchment, (laughs) this claim about alternate tread stairs is indeed pure disinformation. Okay, so I'm going to address this in two parts. One, the, the idea of burying witch bottles under the threshold is actually something that goes all the way back to, I, I can't hear Matt, Matt's ghostly howl uh, at me using this word, but it goes back to antiquity. So <laughs> throughout the ages, people would often bury things in the foundations of buildings in order to ward off evil spirits, demonic forces, or in this case, witches. The alternating stairs, the fact that he's never heard of it in manuscripts in England doesn't mean it wasn't part of the folklore of America. And it doesn't necessarily even mean that it was written down. A lot of people were illiterate and making decisions about building construction. <laughs> That's just. 
That's just a historical reality. <laughs> I think these stairs are kind of awesome. And uh, no, so obviously <laughs> not witches. It's not. It's not going to stop any witches. But uh, another article I found said it is w- that. They say one of the biggest struggles that people have with small living spaces is losing floor space to their stairs. Okay. Uh, so with alternate tread staircases, you can create more space in your home due to the straight construction of the stairs. It's easier to transport long household objects like mattresses as well. Uh, so essentially where you would have to put like a tight spiral staircase in a home that is very mm. difficult to navigate, you can put these alternate tread stairs and be able to save space uh, be, instead of having like just one set of super steep stairs or like a spiral stair. Well, that, that's just it. I think these are probably uh, more steep than standard stairs because if you look at the individual foothold, uh, like the the individual, like your left foot is going up probably about the equivalent of two stairs as you're going from mm-hmm. one step to the next. It's just that your right foot's landing on a step right in between. Yeah, so you have a little middle ground in there to yeah. So to th- elevate th- this would and I've actually I've actually used steps like this. But I and it was absolutely there for a space saving uh, for space saving reasons. I was actually in a manufacturing facility for work and they had a very steep set of alternating stairs that let me tell you in real life are just as confusing as this picture looks. And, you know, it's even harder. Like, I'd be less worried about the witches climbing up the stairs than not getting sued by the witches who fall down the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, it is way harder to go down. (laughs) It did say, I I read something, it was like, it is cheaper, but getting them to code is a little bit tricky uh, because it is (laughs) a tad dangerous. Um, But I I see the practicality of it. I really do. They absolutely blast your calves, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good workout right there. So, yeah, Maurice, uh, can witches climb these stairs? The answer is probably yes. (laughs) But witches and any other human being who may or may not practice witchcraft may have trouble going up and down the stairs because of the design of the stairs. Nothing to do with their magical properties. I I guess it seems likely that a space saving, like an architectural, like a design choice that they made in order to save space in the in the house uh, has actually caused people to create a story explaining mm-hmm. it even though you know what i mean yeah Man. to like explain I'm so, away I'm, what's I'm so fucking weird. articulate sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah yeah you're explaining away a weird thing and you know if you're in new england and you see that you're probably like no well, which is <laughs> makes sense <laughs> With 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 teamwork, if if you can get a, if you can get a warrant to enter a house in New England, then the vampire cop can carry the witch up the stairs. Exactly. I guess in this situation, your wife, uh, like the the wife in question, is a witch. Within any goth friend group, there's always at least one vampire, one witch, and a werewolf that loves them both. But that's going to bring us to our next topic. I found this on r slash comedy heaven on Reddit, and it was posted by an incognito account, which means it's somebody browsing anonymously or. They have named themselves incognito. Actually, I don't Their even think this is, is a little ghost, though. So I don't think that this is Reddit. I think this is a screenshot a little... on Reddit. This might be this might be yeah, it looks like a screenshot. This might be I've Tumblr. never seen the social media before. This is uh... this is from a mis- this is from an incognito account on a mysterious social media platform. And this user wants to know, how do I stop my husband from going goblin mode during sex? <laughs> apparent and she offers for explanation my husband says goblin mode activated when we start to have sex he growls and acts like a caveman and then says goblin mode off when we stop and then pretends to not know what i'm talking about when i ask him about it and they are looking for words of encouragement hmm. <laughs> so how does she how should she stop her husband from going goblin mode during sex she apparently is not into it it doesn't sound like she can stop him, though. This sounds, uh, it sounds I like mean, he may just be a certified goblin. <laughs> <laughs> can you truly stop anyone who has gone goblin mode? I mean, just because you're in goblin mode doesn't mean you don't know the word no. Um, so how do you stop your husband from going goblin mode during sex? You withdraw I consent. I think you have to tell him. Yeah, I think you have to tell him, hey, can you not growl and go into goblin mode or we will be getting a divorce. <laughs> like yeah. I think that is. I think you could set up uh, 
an Alexa, perhaps, in your room. Okay. So that when he says goblin mode activated, <laughs> something unflattering happens loud, like the lights change color or go full brightness. And like the, uh, the saddest song starts playing from the Alexa. <laughs> Alternatively, you could go into it and like red lights start flashing and a great song plays and you just love do, your do time you think together. Maybe, maybe she should like when he says goblin mode activated, she should say adventurer mode activated and murder him. Mm. Also an option. I like where this is. This is a fun role play. <laughs> also an option. Cleric <laughs> mode activated. <laughs> Pull out your dice when he says that and start rolling. <laughs> yeah, this CJ's, is uh, CJ's wearing a football jersey. He's not allowed to talk about D&D legally. I'm a well-rounded individual. <laughs> <laughs> you could wear some mithril armor, perhaps that would protect you from goblin mode. <laughs> if you're what you could do is you can get a vibrator that glows when goblins are nearby. Mm. Major plot. Dildo baggins. Dildo baggins. <laughs> you can do that. You can do that, and you're like, this glows when there's goblins around, and when your husband walks in and it does not glow, you're like, see? You're a fraud. Oh! oh wow. You can confront wow. this delusion. I like it. You can really Dr. Phil this shit. Like, you're not a goblin. You're just a man. Wow, that was a really good Dr. Phil. You're a man dealing with some problems, and we're gonna talk through it. That's my And that's my Dr. Phil end scene. It's great. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, like I said, I think I, honestly, I think the most practical advice here is to uh, either accept that all of your lovemaking is going to be in goblin mode and just fucking lean in, or you have to withdraw consent and say, "I'm not fucking a goblin." Yes, correct. This falls under my life rule that all men should see a therapist. <laughs> yes, <I> think perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couples therapist in this situation. <laughs> you should see it. I almost made a really deep D and D joke, and I'm I'm withdrawn. <laughs> withdrawn. I was gonna say they should see a thaumaturge. <laughs> there you go. Consult your local thaumaturge. Um, what if he? What what if he says goblin mode activated, and she says no, we're not doing goblin mode. Uh, then the only thing I think you can do from that point is to call the vampire police to take care of your goblin problem. You have a, what you need is a is a team of first level adventurers to mm-hmm. storm your house and kill the goblins. Offer them some meat and like five gold. Oh yeah, That's goblins are need. super cheap. They can and you be can bought. grind XP. That's what they're doing. He's <laughs> grinding XP. <laughs> um. I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like vampire cops showing up to solve goblin sex crimes. <laughs> the show writes itself. CBS. This, this episode should ends with should end with vampire cops kicking in <laughs> your door. <laughs> uh, but if there's if there's one person I know who would never go goblin mode without permission. It's Rick Reynolds, who's been kind enough to allow us the use of his song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on iTunes, Amazon and Spotify. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel. And you can find him at Rick Reynolds on Instagram. CJ, would you like to share your social medias? You can find me uh, on the vast hellscape known as X, formerly known as Twitter. Gross. at CJ Cypress. I know I'm I'm along for the ride. I'm watching it fucking flame as it goes down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh cap social medias oh so glad you asked if you want to hear more about vampire cops you can listen to my show shrimp and crits that uh does feature some vampire it's police officers somewhere vampire in there. Cops. it is chock a block full of them you can find us at shrimp and crits that's crits with a c on any and all social medias you can find me personally on blue sky at thinking cat and you can find this show on all the social media platforms that matter, which obviously excludes X at Wreck Your Pod. You can find me on Blue Sky at WreckYourPod.com. And you can send us email on, uh, <clears throat> you can send us email at WreckYourPod at gmail.com. And you can also call me individually. And- <laughs> Don't let that number get out. Uh- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Vampire cops are now allowed to call my phone. (laughs) Oh, you're opening yourself up to some weird phone calls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
and blah, 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 blah. Just pretend I said all the things that I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like to donate to the Patreon, you can go to blah, 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 blah. No. I'm really bad at this. I've like my worst nightmare is letting my fans down. And um I'm living I'm living that nightmare right now as we speak. Happens to the best of us. So if between now and next week you find yourself alone in a dark alley wearing a human skin suit, going goblin mode on a dead body, wondering, am I too old to trick or treat? You need to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. All right, let's get one from you too, Cap. Let's get a, let's get a Dracula. Don't wreck yourself. A cab applies to vampire cops. <laughs> <laughs> and don't wreck yourself. A <laughs> cab stands for all cops are bloodsuckers. <laughs> <laughs>